0: Um, but let's let's talk with Josh here. We've got Scott means like going to be joining him as well. They do the triple play podcast over on YouTube. Um, so, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I really I really admire and think the, the vision of the triple play podcast is really awesome. So can you explain like what makes your podcast unique and what uh, listeners to this could expect if they hop over on your podcast?
1: OK, well, um, a little bit about me. He grew up mostly in the St. Louis area. And uh, a huge Cardinal sports fan. In fact, my first game was the 82 World Series. Wow. So I got to see wow. the 82 World Series, my very first Cardinal game. I, my dad told me to tell my first lie ever to get into the stadium. He said, to ask, tell him that you're five. Because I think it was five and below you could get in free and sit on <laughs> your parents' laps. So I, I, I think I was like six or seven at the time. I just remember my dad was such a uh, strict... Uh, person that that was so wild for my dad to tell me to, to, to say that but we got in we were at the very last row of his company giving him tickets and uh i sat on his lap and watched the 82 world series and after that i never looked back um i um was very blessed uh i know a lot of people watching this probably know some guy named albert pojos i went to church with albert for 11 years and uh i did everything from uh, uh being his gopher at times to just uh Playing basketball, golf—he's he, a great guy. Got to uh, hang out with him a ton and be a part of a Christian family day. Um, uh, did that for about six, seven years, mostly trying to help them as they reached out to uh, the different uh, or organizations. Uh, part of their mission was to bring uh, 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 underprivileged uh, children down to the ball game, to, to watch a ball game, get a free hot dog and, and drink, and then hear these players talk about their faith. So uh, so, got to do that. And uh, along the way, got to meet some guy uh, with a burly face. And uh, I think he just popped on <laughs> and, uh, and uh, quickly became uh, uh, good friends. And, and he's a good brother in Christ. And uh, uh, so over, over time, we've uh, developed a, a great friendship. Uh, we now go to church together. And uh, through God's providence, and I can just say that's what it was, uh, uh, started this podcast called Triple Play and uh, Triple Play. Uh, we have three emphasis and that's sports, faith, which we kind of on purpose with that as the center to that's kind of the center of all things and, and then culture. And so we love to just talk and have great, honest conversations. We've had uh, uh, just a, 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 a bunch of different folks on. I mean, it's just been great, uh, getting to know different people from different backgrounds and hear their stories and uh, just like you guys just had Victor Scott on, we, we enjoy those kind of conversations, getting to know what inspires them, what, what made them want to become the athlete they, they became or the person they became. And, uh, so that's been, uh, uh part of the, part of our, our mission and, uh, who we are. So, Hey, Scott, how you doing, buddy? Good.
2: I was. I'm trying to. Uh, I've been trying to figure out if I could guess what the question was this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think there it was? was? I honestly, I, I came up with nothing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I don't know how much Scott needs an introduction for a lot of you guys, but Scott, we asked Josh to introduce himself a little bit and tell us about the Triple F Play podcast. But yeah. Scott, can you just tell us a little bit about you, and then um, maybe what your career looked like before what you're doing now, and then yeah. also your connection to the Cardinals through maybe a family member of yours. Yeah. a lot of tee-ups there
2: yeah <laughs> well who else we got we got andrew we got we got sandy and Andy. I, I know i know you josh and one so, other you know, thing
1: i gotta say is i'm actually at the gym so i got a couple of good friends here that uh, <laughs> they're, they're exactly. checking out too man they, they're right <laughs> awesome. hey, they, hey, hey, you know, like, this kind of guy gym, right here
2: what kind of gym Look, do you go to where guys got to wear sweatshirts in there can you can we get some <laughs> heating <laughs> Well, we got,
1: he, all he wears is is White Sox stuff. I don't think the guy has anything. Every day he has a White Sox jersey or shirt or shorts on. In it's fact, nice to- forever I didn't even know his name. I just called him White Sox. And no, so, no, ask, well, ask
2: him if he liked Juan Uribe.
1: You like Juan Uribe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, like, yeah. yeah. He's a
2: White Sox fan. I like Scotty Bates
1: like. You wanted to stand in the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Andy, you got a lot of pop in your barrel, man. Well, I appreciate a fan it. Of you since the John Burroughs days, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I and mean, your dad's got the best crow hop of all oh. time.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? People, that went out of style. People don't even crow hop anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah. All right, guys. Good <laughs> <Great laughs> to see you guys be yes, healthy. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, little, of little
2: a little bit, of, little bit about, can you guys hear me all right? I'm, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, got you good. Perfect. All right, cool. All right. Let me know if I get too loud or too soft. Yeah. So I played baseball for the Dodgers for uh, about 13 years. Uh, I ended up going to the Marlin or the Reds and then the Marlins. And then I finished in South Korea in a, in a bang. Um, and then I was done with baseball. And now uh, a couple of years later, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I work at State Farm. I do insurance, commercial insurance, whatever kind of insurance you do. And I also do the podcast with Josh. And, um, yeah, connection, Cardinal connection. You want to talk about Cardinal's connection. Uh, I grew up in St. Louis. So, and the reason is because my dad played for them for a few years. But even even when he got traded to the Pirates, I mean, we would come back here in the offseason. So, um, you know, I'd be bugging him to go to Winterfest and, do all the cardinal stuff. I and mean, then
0: he's like, no, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we can't help, but talk about, you've got this Dodgers connection and Dodgers oh, have no. been the team of the offseason <laughs> right now. Andrew is maybe the biggest Shohei Otani fan in the entire world. And so his oh, heart has been somewhat crushed, but at the same time he didn't go to the Cubs. So that was helpful. But what did you think of the Otani to the Cubs signing? And then like I don't know what oh, what's the allure uh, of the Dodgers for? Oh yeah, Andrew. Sorry, Dodgers. you take this question. This is
3: all you, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um my heart wasn't really crushed. I, I have the Dodgers cap now. I'm I'm <laughs> represented. Stop of, it. At, at but, <laughs> I um,
0: meant you cr- you wanted him in St. Louis, so there's. A oh, lot. I mean,
3: yeah, of course. But um, Dodgers obviously um really well respected organization. Um, just wanted to know like what about that organization like makes it so special um and would draw the seven hundred million dollar. Uh, contract um, that he was offered by like three yeah. or four other teams. What what, what would make Shohei Ohtani a player like him of his caliber choose choose L. A.
2: Well, I think I think first you have to start with with the Japanese culture and what happened in the 80s and the early 90s um, with all the imports that came to L. A. So there's a history to begin with, with with Japanese players in in L.A., um, Asian players, really. I mean, Korean, um, Hunchi Kuo. I mean, there's been a a bunch that have gone over there and signed. Um, So that helps having a little history. And then just what they've done the last 10, 15, you know, 10, 10 plus years, uh, I think adds track record to history in the current situation. So there's a little bit more confidence boost like this, you know, this organization's spending, they're winning, Uh, I'm almost guaranteed to be in a playoff, you know, during my contract. That's not a worry for him anymore, I don't think. Um, So there's a lot of checks he can cross off the box um, with the Dodgers. On top of um, just organizational standpoint, like they do everything um, really well. They they scout who they're going to sign based on like personality and if people are going to like them. Um, So they they start with with the good core of guys. And then as they work up that I think plays into the big leagues, having guys that are been in the organization doing it the Dodger way. And um, so it's, it's, it's I mean, if you can think of a reason why he went there, it's, it's a good reason. And it's probably better than why he would go anywhere else.
0: <laughs> so Scott, anybody you're still connected with, with the Dodgers right now? And then if so, what's like the vibe right now, now that they have Otani, they have, my favorite the guy who was wanting all off season Tyler Glass now and they're in on Yamamoto they're just having the off season looks like they are about to have the off season of the century here what's the vibe in the LA clubhouse
2: well if i'm on the team it's good vibes yeah. um, you know maybe if you weren't going to make a trip out to Dodger Stadium to do some workouts on the actual field and and use the facilities, you might, you know, schedule a time to go out there. Because I think it sounds like a Shohei's uh, out there kind of full-time using the facilities, getting used to the town and, and doing all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been something that started, um, like, 2011 and 12, I think they started getting serious and started thinking about free agents. And they started bringing in, you know, Adrian Gonzalez and guys from Boston, you uh, it's just it's just a continuation of what they've been doing, and I think that the people that own the teams businesses are doing really well. Um,
1: so I think that plays
2: into them being okay spending money.
1: Well, and, and I would even say that the uh, for Otani it was a real natural because he's staying in the same place he is, just for a much better competitive team, along with the the, the fact that all the. Um, uh, trainers and all, you uh, know. I've heard I've heard several things mentioned, but apparently, a lot of the trainers that he's working with in offseason season uh, share time with the Dodgers. So, you know, again, that that seems like it would be a very natural fit for him. Um, uh, you know, that that why wouldn't you want to be in the same town but go to a winner? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean,
4: that's a great point. I mean, he's going to go to the playoffs a lot. I think Josh. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Sorry, and there's a little. <laughs> thing to to Josh, okay. Um, but he put out a poll recently about like under over for how many World Series the Dodgers will win. I think he said it at two and a half. Yeah. During this show, hey time, like they're gonna do some winning. It's it's inevitable at this point.
1: Well, well, think about this. Kershaw is gonna be coming back eventually. Yeah. And he was not bad. And think about it. You guys pitched incredible. Yeah. With, the, with an injured arm, okay. Yeah. So I, he's the best you insert him with that with. With Otani coming back next year as well, I mean, uh, been able to pitch in another year. Yeah. The, the... That they're going to have maybe the best five pitchers. I mean, they basically will have five guys that are all one, two type guys across oh, yeah. the five. I mean, that's going to be really scary. So, yeah.
4: And that's yeah. not even considering the depth that they have. Like their farm yeah. system is always good. They have a bunch of good young pitchers. So,
0: mm-hmm. And then you've got Walker Buehler coming back from injury, Dustin May, just had Tyler Glass now. Like when people say they're desperate for pitching, I know they need like certainty right now, but I'm also like, come on. Like yeah, how many how many guys with some of the best stuff in baseball do you need before you're not desperate for pitching anymore but whatever it's uh like josh, josh something that that was really cool to me when we hopped into okay. st louis that and i did your guys's podcast is just all the incredible stories you have man so what are like Two like if someone was asking you, tell me two like of your most iconic stories. I know you told me one about Albert Pujols um, is a Lamborghini one time, but like, what are two like really fun stories that you've had that are connected to the Cardinals
1: in some way that people would be like, "What? That's incredible!" Well, I, I have so many weird stories, but I <laughs> I remember um, a really cool one when we were doing Christian Family Day was uh, uh, Adam Wainwright had that must have been his i don't want to say it was his rookie year i think it was his second season um but his wife was pregnant and i mean she was real close to being due and um something that just really stood out i mean you guys brought ride and one of the things that really stood out about him and really i mean i was already a big fan i, I was excited in fact i had a conversation about jd drew um, at that time, the old jockety and I thought that that trade was centered around Jason Martin Ray King because we needed him. Um, but he very quickly clarified that, that that was never the case. Wainwright was the center of that trade. He he saw what Wainwright he, he Wainwright became what he foresaw. Um, but that being said, I was in that that uh, dugout right after the game, and I obviously I knew um, uh, Albert was going to be there, and some of the, there were some players going to be there. Well, one of the things that, really out, that was out—that was—it had to be a hundred and like two degrees that day. It was—it was brutally hot. That it was a July game, brutally hot, and Wainwright comes out with his wife into the dugout, and he refused to. They both want to be there to share their faith mm-hmm. that day, and I just thought that was—that was a really, really just a cool thing um, about wayno that I I really appreciated um about albert man there's a lot of different stories that i can say about albert i mean um one of the things i will always always thought was cool is i never saw him at church turn down an autograph for a young person but when it came to adults he was always respectful one of the things he started at our church was a thing called manly night and once a year he would bring in himself and you know um like a, an andy Venice or uh mike Matheny, um a few other players um and, uh, he would throw, he would bring barbecue in and basically share his testimony and what God had been working on in his life that year, maybe a lesson God had been teaching him. Um, and, and his, uh, he was, you know, quick the first year, but by, by 11 years, it was interesting because he really could talk quite a bit. I mean, it was really amazing to watch the transformation in front of a crowd by year 11. And obviously now he's on TV. And I remember those early years when he was nervous and would get up and talk, maybe, three to five minutes, and then, you know, by the end, he he didn't have a problem talking 20, 30 minutes and talking about what what God was teaching him, but, um, and and what was always cool is that it was usually, like, the things that our church were being challenged with, you know, like, Mm -hmm. we, uh, one year, we had to make an A to Z list, and it was, like, name A to Z things that you would, uh, attributes of God, so, you know, like, he's almighty, he's beautiful, he's courageous, he died for me, and you go through the whole a through Z list. And he did that one year we prayed through the Beatitudes and he did that. So it was cool to see him connect with the church that way, uh, that even though he wasn't always there, that he was participating in, in what people were uh, uh, challenged to do, per se. But, he was uh, there when uh, he was there. Exactly. Exactly. So it was it was really, really that was really uh uh cool. And during that event afterwards, he would sign as many autographs and so his hands hurt and couldn't sign another one. For anybody in the church and anybody they want to bring and that's what i was trying to go with was he intentionally did an event every year so that anybody you know hey during church and all let me and my family do worship unless it was a kid he would never turn out a kid but uh he kind of let it know throughout the church that anybody that needed an autograph or wanted to bring a friend that was the time and they could get an autograph and he would also have it to have also they would get a chance to hear the gospel uh that's which smart. i always thought was really really cool about uh about that's albert about that so that's yeah so there's, there's a couple of stories. I got plenty of others. I mean, the Lamborghini that
0: uh Yeah, tell that, that one real quick. That's crazy. <laughs> well
1: the, the the short end of it is is that Shaq talked uh, so Shaq did a uh, show. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal did a, a show called Shaq versus. Um and uh um in that year uh he, he basically was the year that he signed with the uh, uh Miami mm-hmm. Heat. So and they, okay. and they just won the championship. So he signed to won the championship that offseason. He did the show called Jack versus where he took on the top athlete of each sport. So he did like Michael Phelps for swimming. Uh, he did, uh, I can't remember, for tennis. And uh, he took on Albert Pujols for the home run hitting contest in which they went out to uh, T.R. Hughes Fields in St. Charles. And he had, if you guys remember uh, Ludwig. So Ludwig uh, worked with Shaquille O'Neal during the spring, uh, I mean, all-star break to, uh, on his hitting for a day or so. And then they did this home run hitting contest. And uh, one of the things during that that, that he did is Albert that that, that uh, um, spring training was when he signed his first major contract, that $300 eight uh, eight-year extension. So when he did that, uh, he finally had a little bit of money. So uh, And Shaq talked him into buying a Lamborghini. It was a silver Lamborghini. We'll never forget it and uh so the following year uh albert was doing i think it was like his second or third year for his charity uh and i got a call uh from the, the head of his foundation todd great guy and he knew that i'd been to albert's house before and had watched it there a few times for him and he asked me to do a personal favor they had a guest who was showing up but this guest would didn't want to be taxi back then we didn't have ubers yet so this guest didn't want to be taxi he needed somebody to pick them up at the airport but they needed this this particular guest wanted to be picked up in a lamborghini so i get to drive albert's lamborghini to the airport to pick up shaquille o'neal who uh who actually flew commercial just so everybody knows and uh great guy he he was fun he harassed me during the golf tournament a little bit because i i hung out and uh he gave me a signed jersey by everybody on the miami heat so uh, he was he was absolutely a fa- fantastic individual and uh, just a fun, fun uh, of memory that I have and uh, uh, I will always cherish uh, uh, that opportunity that uh, was given to me. So you know, uh, but true. yeah, you know you get you get to have lots of cool stories just like with that guy Scott, you know, right next to me. I'm sure he's got a, a fun couple of fun stories. So uh, oh man, like, uh, <laughs> I keep learning the all these.
2: Everybody's got stories. Josh yeah, got stories, you, Danny's got story, Andrew. Everybody got everybody got stories.
1: I know, but you got to Patty for Joe Pesci. Come on, man. How cool I is did, that I got guy? Paddy
2: for Joe Pesci. That's incredible. He was wearing cut off cut-off jean shorts and a white <laughs> white wife beater. And one of those like gangster like little mini cap things, like a little bola cap. It was weird yeah
1: and, and and who got to play as a kid against king griffey jr in the uh, uh atrium of a hotel during the all-star game wow yeah
2: yeah it was ken griffey ken griffey jr wiffle ball i think it was like two hours before the home run derby contest he was like he was like wow. on his way out and we were in and he's like what are you boys doing because we were playing wiffle ball in the lobby the big atrium and he didn't know who we were but it's crazy he found out and stuck around and played with us.
0: That's so cool. That, that is really
4: absolutely cool. nuts. I'm still stuck thinking about Shaquille O'Neal like fitting into a commercial airplane, right? Like, <laughs> like what? It's tight for me and I'm I'm like barely I'm six one on a good day. So that is you just got first class, right? No.
2: Uh, yeah. that's that's Dude, that's fair. still that's still small. Yeah, yeah. still small space that. for him.
1: Um, he was he he was a fun guy well imagine fitting in a lamborghini too you know like i i i I, here's the funny part i didn't know where to put his bag like i i never drove in his lamborghini i was scared to death i'm gonna wreck this thing right so i literally grabbed his uh this big duffel bag and i'm like i don't i know the engine's not in front i believe it's in uh in the back but i'm not gonna make a fool of myself because i just i've never I didn't take the time. I mean, I kind of just went to the house, grabbed the car to go get him. So, and uh, so long story short, I, it, it sat in my lap. He actually drove us back to the golf course because he looked over at me and said, Hey, son, you know, I, uh, I, I had you bring this car so I could drive. it." So <laughs> and I, I, so I gave him directions back to, uh, to, to the golf course, uh, and credit to him. He didn't speed. I was, I was afraid cold, that we were going to get pulled over. I was shack. trying to find the. Ooh. i don't know he's, he's, he's like older 50 than
2: me. or 60 i don't think he's 45? Gonna
0: be 50s maybe because he i'm just yeah, thinking
2: like you're 50 yeah. and he called you son but you guys are probably the same <laughs> age back then <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah but I, but he's he's much taller than me and i looked a, a lot younger back then too you know he's So a little giant he is Unreal. he is so that's so
4: yeah. crazy um, but Scott, one weird connection uh, that Andrew and I share with you. So you were drafted out of high school in 2005 from John Burroughs. So Andrew and I are also John Burroughs grads. We graduated in the class of 2021, which is kind of wow. crazy. And this it gets even weirder. So I was a, a member of the John Burroughs School Bible Study, JBSBS. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you know who Zach Fay is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he goes to a church. Yeah. 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 He's been leading that forever. <laughs> and so we used to meet at your dad's house uh, oh. right by Burroughs and he made us the best banana pancakes. Oh yeah. Um, so He's a big I breakfast guy. There. Yeah. And I think you might've been in the same class as one of my cousins or something like just crazy stuff.
2: That's that's wild. I mean, Burroughs wow. is a small community, but that's yeah, people, people do some things out of that school.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, cool. So one thing I wanted to ask about I know a lot of players, like, especially in other sports, right? You don't have guys drafted out of high school very often, but being drafted out of high school, um, what did that look like to decide to go sign with somebody being drafted in the 14th round? What made you make that decision? I know it's a long time ago. Um, And then what's it like being, you know, 18 and all of a
2: sudden you're playing minor league
4: baseball. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. I mean, I kind of had, I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted. I didn't know when, I didn't think that, people would draft me after the fifth round just because I told them like, if you, if you don't draft me in the, f- yeah. if I'm not your top five guy, I don't want to be drafted. I'll just go to college. So when the Dodgers drafted me in the oh, 13th, I think it was the 13th round. I don't remember. I think it was 13th. They did a, it, they, it was last year of this. It was called draft and follow and draft and follow is that they could sign you and still, legally watch you come out send scouts so that's what they did and they end up signing me remind me of the question again i'm, I'm veering off in a <laughs> oh no you're
4: good you're good it's <laughs> kind of like what was it like to to be an 18 year old or 19 year old with high yeah. school and then all of a sudden you're playing minor league baseball
2: yeah so the the biggest jump obviously is like you, your parents are taking care of you you got meals yeah. you know nobody's asking for bills and and so then when i went to um you know it was it was rookie extended ball in florida so i went and signed and you're immediately with like grown men that you know been in college for four years that have like scruff on their face and like telling you about these protein powders are doing and you're still like 18 year old high school kid and you're you know in your mind so it's like a shock that you know okay, this is a real thing. Like that 22 year old knows his time is short. Like I, this, he's a serious person. Don't like, so just the social dynamic of like, you, you know, you have your few friends in high school to like, here's 130 people in a facility, like figure it out, kid. That was a, that was a big one. That was, that was a big test. That's um, just Crazy. So just like little things like that, that I'm sure you, you know, everybody has those little things when you go to college, like having to do your own laundry yeah. for the first time, maybe like just little things that just stack up um, over time. It's, it's wild. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, quick
4: question. If you had gone to college, where do you think you would have gone right after?
2: Well, I, uh, so I'd signed to go to Ole Miss uh mississippi uh mississippi university of mississippi um so that's where i would have gone i don't know i don't know if i would have gone there and made myself a better person down the road or i don't know what a college done for me Mm -hmm. all i knew is i was playing summer ball i was playing legion ball that 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 summer when i got drafted and there was like a there's like this is part of my decision (laughs) part of the decision I, I signed is because there was like a month and a half gap between it was like the signing date was like July something and then college baseball picked up in like I don't remember what it was like kind of in the fall when you could start doing baseball again and so like I didn't want to miss that month and a half of playing baseball so I, I just signed so I could go from playing legion ball to playing baseball again wow so
3: yeah, I wanted to, to jump in ask a, a story that I think a lot of people might be familiar with. So in the postseason, um you were with the Dodgers. um you were playing against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium and uh, current Dodger formerly formerly number seventeen, uh, Joe Kelly, um, and you had a standoff um, after the I think during the national anthem or after the <laughs> national. anthem. Something like that. So can you tell us about that story? and then also, Growing up as a Cardinal fan, what was it like to, like, play at Boer Stadium against the Cardinals, especially in, like, those playoff
2: moments? Yeah, that was – uh yeah, so 2013, we were playing 2014, 2013. I can't remember the exact year. Playing the Cardinals, and uh there was, like, a, a newspaper clipping about how patriotic Joe Kelly had been the whole year, that he, like, made it a point to be the last one out, and – And like, it was really weird because the story wasn't like a story. It wasn't like, it's just silly. I mean, it's a silly story to be the most patriotic, but it was like in the clippings of like the city that we would just be in. So we'd like go play Colorado and it would be like a little thing like Dodgers or the Cardinals lost to the Rockies, but Joe Kelly kept his whatever. (laughs) <laughs> for being on like being patriotic i was like that's ridiculous like like this guy's getting all this street cred for being patriotic i'll show you know i'll go out there and show him how patriotic someone can be i literally won't move until he moves i don't care so that's what happened went out there and i would have left but everybody started screaming that they'd pay my fines um that it, you know we got other pinch hitters you'll be you know we don't we need you stuff so, you know so it was it was a good time
0: uh that's incredible and it's good it makes it even more funny now because joe kelly's personality showed out a little bit back then but obviously over the past few yeah. years he's done the like st- sticking the ton out at the astros and he's yeah. just he's his own animal now so that's that's really awesome you i'm just looking at your baseball reference page a little bit here and like 2013 and 2014 you were killing it at the plate you had a 157 ops plus in 2014 so like you weren't any, you weren't a slouch. I know you were no slouch to the plate. That's what I was trying to say. Words are <laughs> hard. Um, so, but like, obviously your career ebbed and flowed in different ways. How, what was it like to go through, especially because baseball is a game of failure. So mm-hmm. what was it like to go through the day in and day out grind of, having amazing seasons, having poor seasons, having great weeks, having bad weeks. And I know you've talked about your faith a lot too. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was probably a big part of that story too, but yeah, tell us a little bit about the grind, the day to day of the highs and lows of playing major league baseball.
2: Well, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned major league baseball, but before, before I was in the major leagues, I was in the minor leagues for six and a half years. (laughs) So you learn a lot about failure um, in the minor leagues. So when it was, good in the big leagues you know i could enjoy it when it was bad i also knew that that's baseball there 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 always has been as as far as my history has told me there's always an upswing so like you know you're hitting 140 like okay when's the 400 week coming you know that's just kind of how you think in baseball um and so you know i know my dad was andy vance like he had an awesome career all-star gold glove like but uh, that hype wasn't attached to me. Like I had the potential. Um, I wasn't very fast. Um, So there's just a little things that I needed to be way better at to make up for my lack of mobility and speed and quickness and all that. And so it took me a while to figure out that that was going to be just hitting the ball um, where they can't catch it. And far whether that's doubles or, you know, long singles or home runs, it wasn't going to be on base and all that until later on when on base got dumped on people as a good thing and all that stuff. So slugging and on um, base. but So learning that and then getting to the big leagues and having the successful year, um, you know, it, it's great. But then, you know, 2015, I'm back to planet Earth. 2016, you know, similar thing. And I think, you know, it just kind of wears on you. Like, you know, I had 13, 14 grade. I'm still... I'm still the backup guy. I'm still you know hanging around. so i don't I don't know how many careers that that go seven, ten, fifteen years that are just straight up backup guys. I, I mean, it gets exhausting to to do all the work to, that everybody else has to do and then maybe not play that day. So mm-hmm. um it adds up, and then they're a little bit less patient when you get injured and things aren't working out. so yeah.
4: All right. Well, I just wanted to quickly <laughs> welcome uh, Lynn Worthy to the podcast here. Thanks for joining us on stream, Lynn. We are so excited to talk to you as well. Again, we have just an incredible guest lineup tonight. Um, so we're going to be transitioning here in a little bit. I wanted to ask Scott one more question. Um, so, you know, before we went on here, I uh, was was looking at your numbers a little bit and I saw your just your luscious beard from your playing days. <laughs> but you came on and it's better. It's it's aged like fine wine. <laughs> I want to ask like, what is the beard care routine? I've been trying to figure it out, right? Like I can't get anything like
2: that. How do you
0: do stuff in here?
2: Well, I will say uh, oil is, is not overrated. It's I think rated appropriately use oil. And then also do not use uh, plastic combs. You use brushes. Um, You know, you think about the little bristles, you know, spiking a little bit of growth, agitating, that kind of stuff. So use, use a brush. Okay. All right,
4: sounds good. I'm taking notes here. So, <laughs> I mean, if I could ever, if I could ever produce that someday, that'd be incredible. But seriously, guys, Josh and Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody check out Triple Play. Um, if I'm getting this right, it's sports, faith, and culture. Um, That's right. So, yeah, like go check out their stuff. Seriously, it's awesome. I've been listening to some of it lately. They just provide great commentary on the game, but also they link it to, uh, you know, faith and culture, which is just an incredible uh, viewpoint. And then the stories they provided, it's just the tip of the iceberg for the expertise they share. They've got great energy. So thanks for joining us so much. Like, we have enjoyed this so much. Uh, we're going to be transitioning now to Lynn. But, yeah, just. Yep.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, thank
1: you, guys. Th- thanks for what you're doing for big imp- uh, uh, the impact. And, uh, we need more people to, to step up and hop out with charity. This is a good thing. So.
0: Thanks, Josh. Look forward to talking to you guys again soon. See you guys.
1: See you you guys. Thank You you.